Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin. You know, the show where I invite people virtually into the blog cabin to chat about life. And you know who I am. I'm Melissa. Today, we're chatting with Joan Murray, who is the founder and CEO of Joan Murray Ministries and Seeds of Hope Worldwide. She's an international Bible teacher, pastor, speaker, and loves the Word of God. And you can definitely tell that in her writing. And she wants people to experience the freedom, wholeness, and victory in all of life. She just recently released this book, You Can Trust Him, which is an amazing book. And I will tell you, when I was reading this book, it was so funny, Joan, it's because I was reading Bible passages. I was doing a Bible study, and then I was reading your book, and it was like correlating with each other. And I love when that happens. It's like it's a God coincidence, you know, that, how that works out. So, Joan, welcome to the show, and tell us more about yourself before we get into your book. And so, and so actually, I'm Joan Murray and Joan Murray Ministries and Seeds of Hope Worldwide Missions. So we have two components to the ministry. The Joan Murray Ministries, which is the books, the teaching, the discipleship, the counseling, all of that. And then you have the piece that is the Seeds of Hope Worldwide Missions, where we provide service to the veterans and the underprivileged families in the U.S. and then also around the world. And so the ministry is 15 years old. And from the first moment I went into Honduras to minister 15 years ago to today, we have been serving not only the gospel message, but also providing for the needs of people. I really try to model the ministry after Jesus. You know how he ministered to the spiritual needs of people? Mm -hmm. And then he would feed them. We do the same thing. We minister and then we provide food and clothes and toys and personal care items wherever we go. I love that. Now, did you always want to become a pastor when you were younger? Was that something you aspired to? Or was that something that you like had a, a God moment where it's like you heard him say, you're going into ministry? So now that is a beautiful question. No, at all. Not at all. So I actually went to a Bible study class and I, I've always loved the word. And so I was always prepared whenever I went to class, but I didn't speak very much. And the reason I didn't speak is when I first came from Jamaica many years ago and I was in school, people would follow me everywhere so they could hear my accent. So I stopped speaking. So I went to the Bible study class. I was always prepared. If they asked me a question, I would answer, but I would never say much more than that. And so the lady was getting ready to go on maternity leave. And she said, I was praying about who to leave the class with. And the Lord said to leave the class with you. And I laughed and I said, I don't even speak. And she said, not because you cannot, because you've chosen not to. So what happened, the enemy had silenced my voice for many years. Mm -hmm. And then the Lord presented this class to me. And by the time she came back, the class had doubled. And so she decided to let me keep it. And that was how I knew that God was beginning to open a door for me to teach the word. Wow, I love that. I love that story. It's like what the devil meant for harm, God used for good. It's like the story of Joseph in the Bible. I love that. Yes, yes. So what made you decide to write your book? So this is my 16th book. And so I began to write this book. Typically, they take me about two years to write them. This one took three years. And so when I started to write the book, I had one title in mind, but it was not flowing. And so in a little bit of frustration, I said to the Lord, what is the title of this book, midway through the book? And he said, after you've written the book and when you've read it, you will hear the title. And so 
I finished writing the book. I heard two titles, You Can Trust Him, and the other one was Unwavering Hope. And so I said to the Lord, which one is it? And he said to me, which one do you struggle with the most? And I knew then it was trusting because all of us, we struggle when we're going through difficult times mm -hmm. with trusting God. And because we struggle with trusting him, we don't know we have that place of hope and anchor when you're going through the struggles. And so that's how that the title for this book was birthed. So what would you say to somebody who is struggling with trusting with hope? Because you just said you're a minister and a pastor and you're, you struggle with trusting God. So what would you say to somebody who's, who is really in that midst of that struggle? You know, I would say to them what I had to say to myself during the writing of this book, as I said, it took three years. I started writing it and a chapter and a half in, I got a frozen shoulder. I couldn't drive for two months and it took eight, eight months for me to pick up the book again. And so I picked up the book at the end of 2018. I began writing it through 2019. I was done with the book. I was getting ready to edit it. And all of a sudden I went to the doctor and they said, we have to have emergency surgery. Something looks suspicious. And so I'm in and out of doctor's office and I'm like, I am writing a book on trusting God and I'm having to literally trust him during the journey. And so they scheduled surgery because they thought this thing looked cancerous. They scheduled the surgery three days before the surgery. My mom died. Oh, man. And so I'm walking this journey of trusting God and calling out to him and asking him for his help and for his mercy and his grace. And all of us, those that are listening today, when you're facing a tough time, you have to remember that God is your anchor in the storms. And so sometimes we want to run away from him because we reason he's God. Why is he allowing me to go through these things? And we have to remember that he is not the one that brings the problems to us. The enemy does that. Now, does he allow it? He does. Because sometimes in the troubles that we're facing, we get to develop such a deep level of relationship and intimacy with him that we don't get on the mountaintops when we're on the mountaintops of life. And so in the middle of the struggle of writing this book, I had to remember that God was faithful and trustworthy. And so what he said to me, as I was struggling, I said, Lord, how do I trust you? And he said, there are no formulas for trusting. You just make a decision based on what you know about me. All that I've done before, that I'm trustworthy, and you just trust me. You know how I just opened up the show talking about when I was reading a book? Mm -hmm. Other things will correlate. What you're saying now is correlating to what I'm doing with the devotionals on right now. <laughs> and you just mentioned the anchor in the storm, and that's my favorite Bible verse is Hebrews 619. Yeah. I love that verse. Yeah. And that actually got me going through 2014 when my daughter, we didn't know she had a brain tumor, she had epilepsy. She ended up having epilepsy, had started having seizures, never had that. Had, we had a car accident and then my dad got put in a hospice care and that whole, I can look at 2014 and know because at my dad's funeral, a lady who was very strong, strong in faith, pulled me close and hugged me and said, this is God calling you closer to him. Yeah. So I so can identify with what you're saying right now. And it's, it's like really strange, not weird. It's like, it's really awesome. It gives you chills when you see stuff that correlates mm -hmm. with what you're going through or people that can relate to you and you don't even think about it because you're not really voicing it. So mm -hmm. what has been your response for this book? What has been the response for? You know, here and around the world, great responses because 
So many people are in this place with everything that has happened and is happening now. Many people are in this place and they really desire to know how to anchor themselves in God during the storms. And so what God has done as he's doing with you today, he's just opened up radio and television and all these things for me to talk about this topic and trust in God. Because we feel that we trust him. And when our lives are going well, mm -hmm. it looks as if we trust him. Mm -hmm. And then when we hit the storms that you hit in 2014, then you really, really know whether you trust the Lord. And so in the season of time that we're in and what people are facing, we either are going to anchor ourselves in him or we're going to wander off from our relationship with him. I love the story of Job. I was ministered at a women's event last night and I shared how from chapter one of Job to chapter 37, Job is talking about all of his challenges, all of his struggles, and God does not respond all through those 37 chapters. Finally, you get to chapter 38, verse one, and the scripture says God answered Job out of the storm. All along the difficult journey that he was in, God was not in heaven. God was not somewhere distant. God was in the storm with the Job. And he answered Job out of the storm. He was in the struggles with Job. And so God is in the struggles with us. And so we have to remember that as we're facing these storms, that he's right there. So whatever they're facing today, whether they're still de dealing with the after effects of COVID, whether it is a family crisis, a relationship crisis, a financial crisis, God is right there in the midst of the circumstances that you're facing right now. I love that. So let's talk about some of the examples of God's presence in modern day, because you've wrote some really great examples in your book. Can you tell us some examples that you've run across? Yes, a great one was we were in Zimbabwe a few years ago ministering. And it is our practice. We go to these poor hospitals and these poor areas. And so we were in the hospital and there was this little girl, she was about eight or nine. And she's running all over the place. She's talking to everybody. She's singing. She's so full of joy. And so I said to her, I said, do you know Jesus? And it was a resounding yes. And then I said, can you sing me a song? And so she broke out into song and everybody's laughing and smiling. And so I looked over at the parents and you could see the sadness in their eyes. So I went over and I said, she is, she looks so healthy. She's so filled with joy. I said, why is she in the hospital? And the mom said that one of her legs was amputated and that he did develop an infection. And she said, through all this journey that she's been facing, she said she never lost her joy. And then I shared this story in the book and I think to myself and I wrote in the, you can trust him, how often I myself, when I face difficult times, have a hard time holding on to my joy in the midst of the crises we're facing. And that Nehemiah tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We think the enemy is trying to steal the joy. He's going after the joy because he's after our strength. Because if he can get our strength, then we will not be able to do anything for God. That is so true. Now, I love the titles of your books and I, I mean a title of the chapters of the book and I'm just going to throw them out. 
was there a reason why you t titled each one the specific one like you titled one god sees me before i was formed give me justice how desperate are you that's the one i, I think that was my favorite not forsaken, give me my mountain. The weight is over. Jesus rescued me. Who touched me? Never give up and only trust him. Now, why did you come up with those titles? I absolutely came up with those titles because those are the stories that I was sharing from the Bible. As you've read my book, you know my book, you can trust him. And all of my books are just filled with the stories of the Bible, interwoven with personal stories and stories of people here and around the world. So the one God sees me, that is the story of Hagar, when she ran away from Sarah, when she got prideful after she became pregnant and she was disrespectful to Sarah. And so Sarah went to Abraham and Abraham said, discipline her. And Sarah began to discipline her. Historian says that Sarah was very abusive of her. So when the abuse became too much, she ran away and she encountered the angel of the Lord. Now, when you read the story about the angel of the Lord, you'll find about 12 instances in the Bible where he appeared. And whenever you see those, then you know that you're talking about Jesus. He appeared to Abraham, Manoah, and many others in the Bible. So she encountered the angel of the Lord. And the thing that I love about the Lord is that he knew her name. He called her by name, even though she was a slave girl. She had no value to anyone. He knew her name. He knew the situation she was in. He did not look down on her. He acknowledged her. He validated her. And then he told her, what her son was going to become and as you read this story you find that he gave the same word about ishmael that he had given to abraham years earlier about isaac how big what a huge nation he was going to become and then he told her to go back and submit to sarah so he told her to go back and do something that she was capable of doing but he also gave her a reason for the submission and it was because one of these days even though your son was not the promise he will become something great in the earth. And so she went back and she said before she left, she said, you are the God who sees me. Mm -hmm. And so all of us, sometimes we feel invisible to people, but we are never invisible to God. No matter what our status or our positions are, we are never invisible to God. I love that. And it's so, that's the very first one. I, I knew I had something when I was reading that first chapter because I'm like, I'm doing a study on Hagar right now. You know, I was doing the women of the Bible and Hagar was happened to be the, the story of Hagar and Sarah were the ones I was having on. I'm like, okay, God, I get it. You're sending me messages here. <laughs> You're on the right track. <laughs> awesome. Now, one of the things I really noticed in your book was when you said when God emits a name in the Bible, you can plug your name in there and take lessons and apply them to your life. And I absolutely love that because I never would have thought about doing that. Yeah. When you think about it, think about when Jesus was on earth. There's some people he gave you name and others he did not. You hear a blind Bartimaeus. Then you hear the woman with the issue of blood. One of my favorite stories in the book. And so he gives you names that other times he does not. And years ago, in the middle of doing a study for that, that particular chapter, the Lord said to me, when I omit a name, put your name there. These are the lessons for you. Now, we know the book is written, the Bible is written to believers. Mm -hmm. And so every part of the Bible is good for us. But whenever there's a name, I just write my name in the Bible and I say, for Joan, God is going to do this. And so God gives us opportunities for us to plug ourselves into these stories 
so that we know that these stories are real and that they're life transforming. Sometimes we read things and we just read in. But when you read with the understanding that God is speaking specifically to you, just like with that woman with the issue of blood, God gave her, her a word that I have not ever seen given to anyone else. So I called it a divine revelation, a rhema word that God gave her. He told her to go touch the hem of Jesus's garment and she'll be made whole. And so that was a word from the father to his daughter because he's watched her struggled for 12 years and life is in the blood and she's lost all this blood. And so God gave her this word. It was a word for her, but he did not. And so I asked the Lord at the end of the chapter said, why didn't you give us her name? And he said to me, as I close the chapter, because she could be any one of you with an issue that only Jesus can address. And so that's how God works in our lives. Now, what do you say to people that go like, God's talking to her? Yeah, right. What do you say to that? Because a lot of people don't think, they don't open up their minds and be still long enough to hear God speaking to them. Yeah. And that's a beautiful scripture. The scripture says, be still and know that I am God. Mm -hmm. God speaks to us all the time, actually. He's always speaking. Here is what I say. I say this all the time, and I really believe it with all of my heart. Many people say they love God. Okay? But there's a difference between loving someone and being in love with them. When you're in love with somebody, think about the relationships, your spouses. Think about where you've been. You wanted to spend time with that person. You always wanted to be in their presence. You always wanted to talk to them. You wanted to hear what they were saying. It is the same thing. When you are in love with God, you want to spend time with him. And the more time you spend with God, the more sensitive you become to the voice of the Lord, not only in your ears, but also in your spirit. And so when people say you cannot hear from God, you hear God all the time. Mm -hmm. The birds, the sea, the ocean, he says, if you don't praise me, the very rocks will cry out in my place. Everything in creation, they were created in the image of God. And everything in creation has the ability to hear God and will obey him, except for us. Think about when Jesus spoke to the fig tree. And the very next morning they came out and the fig tree had dried up and it had died. And the disciples looked and they were amazed. And Jesus said to them, the thing that I have done, you can do this and it will obey you because we're created in the image of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we have the same creative abilities with our words and with the things that God has given to us. And so everything in creation can hear the voice of its creator. We as people, we hear his voice, but we don't believe that we're hearing him and therefore we don't move out when he tells us to move out. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to actually piggyback on that because last year I started this journey of walking and I'm like, God, if this is the trail that you want me on, if this is the path, show me your presence, open me up. And I saw so many amazing things that I had never seen before. Like, for instance, a mama possum in the morning, because possums normally are nocturnal animals, so they sleep at night. But yeah. she had a mama in the morning going across with all her babies attached to her. And that was the cutest thing ever. And I've seen deer and... Like this morning on my walk, I saw a cardinal. And to me, cardinals are really significant because they always say that a cardinal is like a loved one coming back to visit you, to say, hey, we're okay, and coming along for the ride. And so I saw one this morning. So it was just amazing what you could open up your eyes and just look at the wonder of what God has created. Yes. 
And so, and isn't that, and I have a friend who is actually just like that. There's a carnal that shows up in her backyard and she said, this is my dad reminded me that he's good. And so, you know, it's wonderful how God does that. He really shows us that he's there. He's, he really shows us that he's speaking to us. You know, we see what you saw on your walk and we know that God is present. We, present. we look at the mountains, the hills, the valleys, and we know that God is real. And so we will never, when we stand before the Lord, we will never have an excuse to say we didn't know that God was real because there's mm -hmm. evidence all around us. There's evidence everywhere that God is real and that the creator of the universe, he wants a one-on-one -on -one relationship with us. I, in my last book before this one, I must pray, I talk about how the creator of the universe wants this one-on-one -on -one audience with us. He's waiting to meet with us every day. And when we go and connect with him, and the moment you, Melissa, begin to speak, then he instantly knows that this is Melissa, Vera's voice. He's not trying to figure out who is talking to him. He knows it is you. And he's ready to dialogue and meet with you. How amazing that the creator of the universe, seven plus billion people on the planet, and he knows your voice, and he wants to speak with you. And we think that he's not speaking and he doesn't want an audience with us. But he does because he wants this intimate relationship with us. Yes, that is so true. Now, we're going to take a quick break for a commercial. And we'll come right back and we're going to talk about your journey and being a writer. If, if it naturally floats. So here we go. Amen. Hi, my name is Joanna. And I would like to share with you a little bit about Shores of Grace, Shores Philly. It's a ministry located in Philadelphia. The portion of shores that I volunteer for goes into Kensington, an area greatly impacted by homelessness and addiction. And we go and we take love, food, clothing, snacks, conversation. Um, we believe that it is a way that we can meet people right where they are and show them the love of Jesus. Um, we have seen lives changed in big ways and in small ways. And we have built wonderful relationships with the people in the community. Uh, we have big plans, more we'd like to do, um, and we would appreciate any support, either through prayer or through donation. If you would like to donate, you can go to shoresofgrace.com, and in the menu, click on Donate, and we just ask that you put Philly in your donation comments. Thank you. And we are back. I thought this would be the perfect one because that's a ministry that um, ministers to the forgotten ones of society, the drug addicts as well, and yes. and the homeless people. So I just thought it was the perfect commercial for today because it's what we're all talking about, you know. So let's talk about your let's talk about your journey to becoming a writer. You know, was that something you know you, you heard God telling you to take over that Bible study? You know, yeah. that was your calling. Did yeah. He also call you to write the Word as well? So. Initially, when he called me to teach the Bible study, I did not hear that part of it. But over the years, as I began to write more Bible studies, I realized that the Lord, as I researched, as I studied, as I dug into the word, I realized that I had the ability to be able to put a Bible study together. And I would start with the very beginning and there was always a conclusion. And so year, years ago, the Lord told me, teach the word. And by that, for me, he meant the stories of the Bible are given for a reason. And as you see throughout the book, the 11 chapters, 
every chapter is about someone in the Bible that had a hardship and they overcame. So after a time period, probably about three, four years, I realized that there was an ability for me to be able to put stories together. Jesus was a storyteller. Mm -hmm. And the reason he was is that not only does it resonate with people, we're able to remember the points. Like he told all those parables he told, we're able to remember them. And so that became my teaching style that every time I minister, even though I'm sharing life lessons, I'm always going to take you to the Bible and I'm always going to open a Bible passage about someone in the Bible and I'm going to break it down. That is my writing style. And so probably about four or five years into it, the Lord said, now I want you to write a book. And I was like, how am I going to do that? <laughs> and one of my friends said to me, she said, you know, all those Bible studies you have taught in four parts and six parts and eight parts. She said, you already have outlines for your book. And by that time I had many because I'd been teaching for a while. And so I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, where do you want me to start? And he said, start with the destiny. And one of the series I had taught was called and chosen for destiny. I have this love for people discovering who they are in Christ and fulfilling their destinies because when you're in your place of purpose, you're the most fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And so I started with that book. I wrote the book. Um, I didn't tell anyone I was writing it. <laughs> you know how we do. <laughs> because you don't want anyone to talk you out of what God is mm -hmm. speaking to you. And so I waited until that seed for that book was incubated, until it was solid in my spirit, so that nobody could talk me out of what God was saying. So I wrote the book. I'm getting ready to edit it. I'm having editors to edit it. I'm getting ready to send it to publish publishing houses. And here is, people are now beginning to discover that I've written a book. And here are some of the negative things I began to hear. Everybody's writing a book. Everybody's publishing a book. You're probably going to have to publish yourself because nobody's going to pick it up. There are multiplied thousands of books over there and out there. And I said, well, I said, you know, I trust God. So God gave me three publishing houses to send the book to. The first one responded within four weeks and said they wanted to publish the book. The other one responded about eight weeks later. The Lord said no to the first one. The other one responded eight week, weeks later and they said, I want to publish your book. So I said, yes, because that one felt right. A year later, a massive publishing house reached out to me and they said, Miss Murray, they said, I believe you have already published this book. They said, it took us a year because we get so many books. He said, but we read your book. He said, your book is so encouraging, the stories of the Bible, the stories you share of people's lives. They said, if it's not already published, we want to publish it. So all the three publishing houses wanted to publish the book that somebody, several people whispered in my ears and told me nobody was going to want to publish it. That is why it's so important that when God gives us a vision, that we hold on to that vision so no one can talk us out of it. So that's my journey to beginning to write. And so over the years, I've written 16 book, books, and You Can Trust Him is my latest one. Now, where do you come up with the topics? Is that, do you, is that something that's divine as well? God whispers in your ear, hey, you need to write about this, or hey, this is coming up a lot. <laughs> yes. And so from the first book called on Joseph for Destiny, when I got the word, I remember it was a Saturday morning. I worked for a very large church in Houston at the time. And I would write on weekends 
I would get up early on Saturday morning and I would write when it was quiet. Sunday afternoons I would write because I worked full time and because I worked in ministry, there was always a need somewhere. And I remember putting my hands on the keyboard and I wrote about this. Every time you open up a book, you'll see it in my affirmation and my, my acknowledgement. And I, I said, Holy Spirit, help me. Because, you know, you're nervous. This is your first mm -hmm. book. And the enemy is whispering, what make you think you can write? And so I put my hands on the keyboard and the Lord said to me, you are the note taker. I am the writer. Listen and take my notes. And from that book to this one today, people ask me all the time, do you hit writer's block? Never. And the reason I don't is because they're not mine. They're his. So he drops the titles. He drops the scriptures. He drops the stories, whether it's my personal story or stories from around the world. As I'm typing, I'm hearing them. And so I'm hearing and I'm writing what I'm hearing. And so when I'm done, then I go back and it's like reading the book for the first time. And sometimes when I read it, I'm like, I'm moved to tears mm. because it's like, you know that you don't have the words. You know that the way the book flows so seamlessly, that that was not you. And you recognize that it is the Holy Spirit working through you. People pick up my books and they read my books and they're like, wow. And it, I don't take credit. So when you say, that is an amazing book, I go back to him and I say, oh, you have written an amazing book. Mm -hmm. Because I know that it is him. So he speaks to me. And a lot of the books have come out of, I have hundreds of messages and bible study series i've taught over 20 plus years of ministry mm -hmm. so a lot of the titles will come out of some of those series that i've taught well wow. how do you keep yourself from being so grounded i mean because honestly you could get a big head with all your books and like oh three publishers wanted me and kind of brag on how do you ground yourself to say god i'm trusting you with this i remember that i'm just the vessel I am not the author. I am the vessel. But you know, in chapter one, when we talk about God sees me, I shared about when I first started the ministry and I'd gone to an event and I was struggling and I was sitting in the meeting and the lady said to me, the ministry was in a struggle. Doors were not opening. This is, we're talking five years. Doors are not opening. I believe that God had spoken a word to me. I stepped out in faith and we're struggling to get the doors open for the actual ministry, the teaching part of the ministry that the missions part is going well but that part is not going well and the lady who was speaking she got up and she said I have a word for you from the Lord and she said the Lord wants you to know that there's coming a day that where you're going to have so many engagements you're going to have to pick and choose God says I know it's slow right now but there's coming a day when he's going to open up some doors that you're going to have to pick and choose the engagement and so I was so excited to get the word so later that day I had the first book called Unchosen and I wanted to show her and to give her a copy of it to say, hey, thank you so much for the word. I cannot tell you how it encouraged me. She was talking to a lady. And so the lady she was talking to, she acknowledged me. And so she pointed to the woman who had given me the word to let her know I was standing a little bit of a distance off so I would not hear their conversation that I was waiting. Can I tell you, the lady never looked up. She never acknowledged me. Mm. The lady that she was talking to, she was visibly uncomfortable she tried to indicate to the lady that I was waiting. That lady never turned around. She never acknowledged me. 
I walked away from her and I felt so invisible mm. to someone who had just given me a word. And so that keeps me grounded. And then serving the poor, the widows, the orphans, the aliens in the US and around the world, you have to have humility to serve the people. Years before I ever knew that God had a calling on my life, I was at an event and a gentleman that I had never seen before and I've never seen since came up to me and he said, the Lord, I was in my 20s, early 20s. And he said, the Lord is going to use you powerfully around the world. He said, remember to clothe yourself with humility. I didn't even know it was a scripture, but that has never left me to today. And so that is how I keep from having a big head. I realize it's not me, it is God and I'm a vessel that he's using and I'm so grateful that he does. Do you ever struggle with that though? Do you ever like, oh, let me screen it back a little bit. Let, let me think back or somebody like, hey, Joan, you know, um, hello, come back to earth now. <laughs> you know, I, there was, I, there's a vivid picture of a place. We were in Haiti and our coordinator had taken us to a disabled community to serve. And there are hundreds of people milling around. And as I got on the stage to open up the event, to, to begin with the word, you know how the enemy whispers in your ear? And, he, and the enemy said to me, look at what you have done. Now, this was not the largest group we had had, but he chose this time to say to me, look at this. This is your doing. And very quickly, I heard the spirit of the Lord saying, back up. And so I instantly stepped away and I spoke out loud and I said, I bind that spirit in the name of the Lord. I will not take any pride and have any pride in this because the only reason I was there was because God provided and God opened up the doors. So the enemy whispers in all of our ears. We have to remember when we hear not to be like him who wanted to be like the most high God and to remember that we're just vessels and then i have people who i am accountable to mm. people who speak people speak into my life and they are the ones they are told by me if you ever see me getting prideful or arrogant or taking credit for what god has done yank my coattail mm. to remind me that it is not me but it's god and so i work on that all the time. I love the way you said you work on that. Let's talk about how important it is to have people around you that speak into you instead of speaking death over you. They speak life and they, they kind of are there to gently correct you as well. Let's talk about the importance of that. You know, it is so vital for all of us, not if you're in ministry, but in every segment of life. It is so vital to have people that will affirm you, number one, when you need affirmation but also will correct you when you need correction. And those are people that you trust. They're not many. You may have, may have one or two or three in your inner circle that you know you can go to them and say, you know, I'm, I'm having this struggle, I'm facing this difficulty. And you know they're gonna keep it personal and private. They're gonna pray for you, they're gonna encourage you, but they're also gonna challenge you. I have a slew of people like that in my life. I have not pastor friends, but I also have personal friends who I can pick up the phone and say, hey, I need to be grounded in this area. Or if they see something, they can call me and say, hey, Joan, you need to watch that. Watch 
that look that person that's trying to come into your life watch them you know because sometimes you're so close to the situation and i know like me and those who are listening that minister um you're just trying to minister to the people you're not trying to be discerning about what's going on they come to you for prayer they come to you for words of encouragement you're just ministering so you have to have those people that are looking over your shoulders to say okay i know you're ministering but be careful watch out for that one something is not right there and i believe god put those people in our hearts and in our lives to help ground us so we never get a big head because the enemy wants to disqualify us all and the way he does is if we start stealing his his worship and his praise and so god puts people in our lives to stabilize us and as you you read this book you can trust him you will find that in each of the chapters you will find that every single person who struggled in their lives god was with them in the midst of their struggles mm -hmm. and so their lives were stabilized because of what he did in them that is so true now i did not know this until i read your book about the number five meaning grace and favor i never knew that Yes. So are there any other special numbers in the Bible that, <laughs> that you want to share secrets to? Because I never even thought about that. Well, I think, you know, that the three is for the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Seven is the number of completion. Eight is a number of new beginnings. And so there are quite a bit of numbers in the Bible. When you study the Bible and you see numbers, they really have some significance. And so in that story, the story you said is your favorite, you know, all that struggle that she went through, Hannah went through, and all along her journey, every time somebody said her name, they were saying grace and favor. But in the beginning of her life, she wasn't seeing that mm -hmm. until she fell on her face and began to pray. And then God gave her a word. And then she birthed that vision of Samuel in the earth. And mm -hmm. so grace and favor. And then after she gave Samuel back to the Lord, the Lord gave her five children, mm -hmm. which represented that number grace and favor. I mean, that, that just blew my mind. I mean, really. And I love the fact that you talk about in our struggles, God can do amazing things. Like we're in the midst of the struggle, we don't see it, but yeah. then things open up. Like in 2014, when all that happened to me, I would have never known that in 2018, I would step out on leap of faith and buy what is now the blog cabin and i did not know when i bought that in 2018 looking for a how uh office outside of the home that it mm -hmm. would turn into a podcast live sh talk show youtube channel that i would be gracing others to be able to tell their own stories i never knew that i just said i just want an office outside the home didn't even mm -hmm. think about it went to my friend and said hey i know you sell these because it's a she shed i know you sell this tool shed i want one and I paid for it on my own. I'm like, God, I'm doing this, but you've got to help me finance it somehow. And he did. And I never knew in 2018 because last year I actually started this, but I had really bad anxiety about being in front of the camera and talking to people that I didn't know. And now look at me. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful how God works? Yeah. And it was out of your struggles that he birthed that vision. And so sometimes in the struggles, we wonder, what can God do with the struggle? If we would give him the broken places in our lives and allow him to work his perfect plan in us, 
it will give us a platform out of those broken crises. And so when the enemy comes in, that, that's why the scripture says, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. The good, the bad, the difficult, the ugly, the enemy will never ultimately win anything in the life of a believer because God will take whatever he means for evil and he will work it together for our good. Mm -hmm. And so out of your struggles, birth a something that you never thought that you would be doing. Yeah. And so I echo that sentiment. When the lady told me the Lord wanted me to take over the class, I was like, you have got to be kidding. Mm -hmm. And so look at what God has done over the last 15 years. It is unbelievable. Sometimes I still have a bit of struggle when I have to stand in front of a major audience. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I keep reminding myself, I always say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Whenever mm -hmm. you hear me pray before I minister, I will always say, I decrease so you can increase because I recognize that I need him to stand on all the platforms that he's open for me. And I cannot do it without him. That is so true. Now, I want to ask you a question. I didn't put it in our talking points, but could you say a prayer for those who are maybe watching or listening? Because I think that will help lead a lot of people's souls. I would love to. So, Father, we lift up the name of Jesus. And I'm so very grateful for Melissa giving us the opportunity today and for her saying yes to you and to the purpose and the plan that you have. For her life and you had it jeremiah 1 verse 5 says before I formed you in the womb i knew you i ordained you as a prophet to the nations i know lord that there are people listening to us today that are wondering how they can walk into the fullness of their purposes that you have ordained for them before the foundation of the world i pray that they will hear the still small voice of the holy spirit i pray that they will believe what they hear and i pray that they will apply their faith to what they hear and I pray, Father, that you would do for them what you've done for Melissa, what you've done for me, and what you've done for others. You begin to open the windows of heaven over them, and you begin to pour out blessings. The Bible says that there's not room enough to receive. I pray, Father, against the spirit of anxiety. Philippians 4, 6 through 8 says, be anxious about nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving to make your request known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I pray, Father, for those who are ready to say yes to you, that you will take the spirit of fear and anxiety from them. You have not given them a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Lord, there are so many needs in the world, so many people who need a loving touch from you. I pray that you would give them the courage and the boldness to step out in faith and to do what it is you've called them to do. I pray that you will multiply their efforts. I pray that whatever they put their hands to, the Bible says, it will prosper and it will succeed. And I pray today for the favor of the Lord, the blessings of the Lord, the Bible says, will chase them down and overtake them. And I pray, God, that you would steady them as they go through the storms and that you remind them that just like Job, you are in the storms with them and you will bring them out victoriously. This I pray in Jesus' name. Wow, that was an amazing prayer. Now, tell people where they can find you at. You can find us at joanmurrayministries.org or seedsofhopemissions.org. 
And then for the books, they can find us if they want it for the book to come directly from me and they want me to sign the book for them, they can get it from Gem Unique Gifts. It's J-E-M-M uniquegifts.com or they can order the books from Barnes and Noble, Walmart, Amazon, wherever books are sold. And you also have a YouTube, Pinterest, and talk about social media as well. If people want to follow you on social media. So I am on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on YouTube. You can find messages and interviews and things on Pinterest. I put out quotes all the time, words to encourage people. Every day there's something. You get to our podcast, there are prayers in our podcast, there are encouraging words in our podcast, there are inspirational words in our podcast, there are messages on our podcast. So every day there is something fresh in our podcast that is there and it's designed to encourage people to be reminded that God is with them and is for them and he will never leave them nor forsake them. I love that. And Joan, I want to thank you so much, first of all, for opening up your life and listening to God talking, calling you into being a minister, first of all, and then writing books that touch people's hearts because you're still ministering through your books as well absolutely absolutely also, also i want to thank you for agreeing to come on to, to you didn't know anything you're like okay yeah i'll come on <laughs> yeah i thank you for the opportunity what a blessing and you keep doing what god has called you to do because you're making an impact in lives for eternity i tell people all the time the only thing you can take with you to heaven are the souls of men i love that so once again, Joan, thank you so much for coming on Chats in the Blog Cabin. I think you've actually birthed something inside of me today that an idea popped into my head. And I'll see if it comes to fruition later. As you were chatting, like God spoke to me and an idea popped in my head. So, Amen. I'm so glad. So, um, guys, we will see you on the next chat from the Blog Cabin. Be blessed. Thank you, Melissa. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode with Joan. Um, I really want to thank her so much for her coming on and being on Chats from the Blog Cabin. It's amazing what the people that you can meet when you take a leap of faith and listen to God telling you his plan for your life. I honestly, in 2018, when I purchased the Blog Cabin, I never even thought I would be interviewing people and meeting people and just the, the words that are coming and being a conduit for people to be able to tell their stories. Um, that's most important. Everybody has a story to tell and everybody deserves to be heard. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I asked for her to pray for us because I just felt led because there's so many people out there that are just hurting and need something, some type of encouragement. I'll drop the link where you can find her at. I'll also drop the link of all the books. Um, as well um, the book we were talking about is trusting him um, please like subscribe review wherever you listen to if you go over to YouTube when you watch it on YouTube please hit that subscribe button and comment that helps me tons most of all share it with your friends and as always be blessed and remember keep chatting <laughs>